I was 53 years old and um, I thought that I was kind of old then, but now my attitude is this. You know, I don't really care how much you push. I don't care how much the guy on the other side of me pushes. I only care about what I can do. I look in the mirror and having you as a coach, I try my hardest every single time I go to the gym to increase the weight, even if it's only by one. What's up, everybody? We have Ingrid Dubert. She is an angel competition bikini model and NPC bikini competitor. She has been a client of ours for a few months now, and I must say that I've learned more from her than she's learned from me. She is a, she she's like a lady version of Andy Frisella. You you can't talk to her and not be motivated to improve yourself and kick ass at life after talking with her. Every day that we get off the phone with our regular check-ins, Taylor and I are amped and ready to conquer whatever challenge is next. Today, we will be discussing how Ingrid cultivates a winner's mindset, how she prioritizes her time, and tips on how to cook with limited ingredients and still crush your physique goals. But before we jump all into that, uh, I got a very exciting DM that she just apparently leg pressed 405. So, uh, Ingrid, would you like to start the interview talking about how strong you feel today? Woo! Right. I feel like I could just take on every anything in the world and I would win. Um, I've been having this goal of I had, hadn't kind of gotten away from doing leg press with the, the previous coach. And so when you added them into the mix... I just said, you know, my goal is going to be to press 405. And um, I think we started like at 215 or something like that. And uh, my goal was to do to hit 405 by the end of the year. But unfortunately, I contracted pneumonia and had to take like almost three weeks out of the gym to, to recover from that. So I reset that goal to the end of January. And here it is, January 25th. And I did one by six at 4.05, and I could have probably done another one. So I'm very excited about that. Congratulations. To, yeah, no, it's it's an empowering feeling, isn't it? And uh, It actually is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Taylor just hit some squat PRs yesterday, too. I can't remember. Oh, hope, hopefully she doesn't hear, hear, hear me say this, but I can't remember what the numbers were off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but she but she got some uh, she got some really big lifts, too. So so um, as you know, but probably the other people listening to this podcast don't know, I am a little older than I appear. So I had a very, I had, have had two successful careers already. I was a basic science researcher for nine years in uh, the field of microbiology. I'm a bacteriologist. And then I just sat down, I was starting to get a little dissatisfied with what was going on in my professional life. And in the course of one weekend, I decided that I was gonna go back to school. So I went back to school and in 1991, I got my DDS. So I've been, uh, and I recently retired after 31 years practicing and I only saw children. So um, I've always just been the kind of person that I'm gonna set a goal and I'm gonna go after it until I get it. And I'm kind of quietly determined, well, sometimes not so quietly determined, but uh, just determined to go ahead and get that. And nothing has ever stopped me. Uh, there's been a lot of like glass ceilings that I've broken through in my life. When I was in grad school, okay, I'm dating myself. That was 1980 that I started graduate school. There were no women professors in my department zero. There were some women students, but no women professors. So I didn't really have a mentor, you know, someone that looked like me in order to go to. So I've all, you know, so once I got to a point where I had some knowledge to give to other people, I've been mentoring for the past 30 years also. So, um, but this winning thing I think what it takes is a lot of confidence in yourself. I've never let the fact that I'm a woman or my age or my physique type get in the way of these 
like bodybuilding or these physique goals that I have. Do I sometimes get discouraged? Of course I do. You know, especially with this bikini thing that I was that I did. I was at um, Olympia in Las Vegas last month uh, for the a fashion show. It was I did not compete, obviously. So um, and all the other women that were walking in the show with me, all of them are competitors, all of them. So I did not look anything like them. And it really amazed me that the owners of the company, it's a woman-owned company, Angel Competition Bikinis, that they asked me, not once, but this is the second time they asked me to go ahead and walk in their show. So I felt empowered. I owned that stage, even though I don't look anything like those people. <laughs> and it didn't bother me at all. You know, I just, I brought what I had. And so I am think that, the whole purpose of this was to show the audience that it doesn't take a specific body type in order to rock their bikinis. So, um, and then, but but you I just thought, I have to interject. You you've really sure. you've really talked down your 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 physique up to this point, and so I just want because because you're because you're a very humble lady, which is something that I very very much respect and admire about you. But no, you've. You you you've worked very very hard to attain the the the, the hourglass shape that um that, that that you have, and I know that didn't happen overnight. Um, you mentioned something earlier about um ab about how there's voices inside voices. This wasn't your exact words, but basically how there can be voices inside your head that um are are are, are negative, like I'm a woman or I'm too old or um, right and all, and all these excuses, and so. Have you noticed a difference in your ability to train and perform um, when you were in your 30s versus like versus like today? Okay, so um, this is something that I don't even think you know. I didn't start any of this until I was 53. Get out! I didn't know that. I thought you've been training a lot longer than that. Right. I was 53 when my brother, who is four and a half years younger than I am, he kind of shamed me into going to the gym he said you know you're getting a little older I mean I was 53 and he's 49 and he said um I've been doing all this research he loves to read uh, my brother is a is a retired judge and so um he said and you need to do weight bearing exercises because I don't want you to have a hunchback and I went well alrighty then so um it just happened that I had a horrible uh, emotional upset <clears throat> And I sat, it was July, I sat on my sofa and I wallowed in my sweat for three weeks. And one day I went to work and everything, but one day I woke up, it was a Sunday and I said, Ingrid, you can either continue down this path of nothingness or you can get up and do something different. So I chose to do something different. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna get some new makeup. Okay, look at this face. I don't really wear makeup. So um, I went to the store, I went to this Ulta and there was a young man out there handing out cards, business cards for a gym that had just recently opened. It was very close by. So I um, took a card, made an appointment, saw him that, at, that afternoon, signed up and got a trainer right away because I said, I don't want to kill myself using this equipment. I didn't even know how to pick up a dumbbell properly. I said, I, I want to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. So, and that's where my journey started. I was 53 years old and um, I thought that I was kind of old then, but now my attitude is this, you know, I don't really care how much you push. I don't care how much the guy on the other side of me pushes. I only care about what I can do. I look in the mirror and having you as a coach, I try my hardest every single time I go to the gym to increase the weight, even if it's only by one pound. Unfortunately, there are no one pound weights. So it has to be two and a half pounds or more. So um, as long as I can continue, I know that there's going to be coming a stopping point sometime. You know, yeah. there's just... We all, we all hit that genetic threshold right. in that moment at some point. Exactly. And I think that for me, 405 on the leg press is going to be about as high as I want to go. And the reason is, is I don't want to hurt my knees. No. <laughs> um, you know, I just don't want to hurt my knees. So, um, but anyway, uh, 
there's no little voice that stops me inside my head any at all. I think it's society that kind of like says, oh, you're 65, you shouldn't be doing this. Or what I've heard in the gym even recently is um, that girl, me, shouldn't be wearing those kind of clothes because look how old she is. You know what? I don't care. I can rock. I feel that I'm dressing appropriately for wherever I go. And there is a fine line between dressing appropriately or trying to look like you're 30 years younger than you really are. <laughs> I know that guys don't really have to worry about that, but women do. So, um, yeah, I uh, don't let anything limit me at all. The only thing that might limit me is finances. But as long as I got that, we're we're golden. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know that I mentor at the I mentor dental students. I also uh, volunteer teach at the school. So um, I like being in that learning environment and being with you and Taylor is just a different kind of learning environment. You know, I've learned a lot from you. Uh, especially as far as nutrition is concerned. I know you want me to be carnivore, but I um, we've already had that conversation about how my relationship with I, food. I actually just pulled up. That, that's what I was doing right now. I was just pulling up yeah. your, your, your your meal plan. And I, and I was like, uh, we've been having so many carnivores on our show lately. Better address that um, they're, they're, this is carnivore with a big asterisk, <laughs> AKA the carbs that are in there. Yeah, I know I do eat. I mean, I'm eating more protein than I probably ever have in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I know that that is contributing to the strength gains that I'm seeing. Um, I'm also having a lot of success as far as elimination is concerned, but um, I, uh, I really what, love what you, vegetables. What do, you, what do you mean by that? I'm sorry. Uh, elimination, going to the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> which is it's it's huge, you know. It's it that's a big part of your life, uh, or to, to keep it running well. But um, I love vegetables. My my downfall is fruit. My God, I love fruit. You know, I could sit there and eat a half a pineapple. Mm. Um, I don't, but I could. So uh, I've been kind of I scale back on that. I allow myself one piece of fruit a day, and sometimes I forget to eat it. So. Um, but I'm trying very hard to get all that protein in mm -hmm. right here. Yeah. So, so we have, so we have you right now on, um, and, and again, you, you know this, but, um, more, more of a paleo hybrid diet. So right now right. calories are at 1330 and then proteins at 140, um, 80 grams of carbs and then 50 grams of fat. And then those extra fats come in handy on, um, on depletion days too. So we're going to be starting those pretty quick and get those um, average fat numbers up a little bit higher throughout the rest of the week. But yeah, so far you're feeling good on everything. Um, oh yeah. I mean, like I said, today I feel so strong. Um, I did, I had a, a, you know, I've been doing this downsizing project at my house and I had a piece of furniture that needed to be moved and I tried moving it myself, but it's 58 inches tall, 32 inches wide, and 22 and a half inches deep. There's no way that I can get my arm. I couldn't drag it on the carpet. I finally did have to have a friend from the gym come and help me. And between the two of us, it still took us 40 minutes to move it 20 feet. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, that was my cardio. <laughs> that was my neat for the evening. <laughs> uh, touching yeah. back. Touching back, if if I may, on uh, on on mentorship, is that something to where you've um, to, to for that for that personal growth to take place for you to where you have read books on mentorship or listen to podcasts? I mean, how did you how did how did you educate yourself on that, or was it just from having a mentor yourself? Right. So um, when I was in a professional school, they started a, a mentorship program was started when I was a third year student. So that was back in 1989. So, um, and I chose uh, a woman dentist. She's a pediatric dentist. She's long since retired. And my goal was, I said, when I grow up, I want to be like you. And so I kind of modeled my professional uh, leaning more towards, you know, like what she was doing. 
And then I have read a couple of books on leadership and don't ask me what, who wrote them, but I have read some books on leadership. I don't know if there's anything I could look on Amazon, if there's anything on mentorship, but I uh, started, so the mentorship program kind of went by the wayside. And then when I was president of the, of the um, alumni association back in 2004, I started it back up again, you know, and asked for volunteers, volunteer dentists to be willing to mentor students. And that meant that I had to be willing to do it too. So, um, and I've been doing it, you know, mentoring students ever since, you know, having them come to the office to shadow, um, answering questions on not so much procedures, but like the practice of dentistry, you know, how did you do this? You know, what do you, what, if it, today, what would you be doing? You know, things like that. So two things happen or have occurred with the mentorship. It's kept my uh, attitude and outlook up to date. And it makes me feel like I'm useful, you know, that I'm a source of information for the up and coming uh, dentists who are going to be taking over the practice of dentistry here in Texas real soon. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. It, it sounds like you, um, the, the, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong. One, one of your biggest takeaways or what, one of my biggest takeaways here is that you casted that vision from a very young age and you, and you knew exactly who to model, model yourself after. And so it was more about real life experience. Um, I've been doing a lot of visualization myself lately, just thinking about what we want this next year to be like and what we're doing with our businesses and what, and the direction that we feel like God's leading us with the podcast and everything. And um, th there's, there's something to be said about just starting off every single day with not even any words, but just, but just, but just a real clear mental picture of, um, of what's going to unfold this next year. And then it, and it, it's a, it's a very, very, very powerful way to met to, to mat, to manifest, not just that goal, but also to, um, to, to prioritize your time throughout the rest of the day and, and, to, and to think, okay. Cause like personally, what I do is um, in, in my, in my morning runs um, when I, boy, that came out wrong. When I say morning runs, what I mean by that is uh, running as in like actually running. <laughs> so, so, so Zion and I go for our cold exposure run. And, uh, and then when we come, when we, when we come back that just the, the, the cold, the cold air and the deep breathing, it stimulates a lot of uh, neurological pathways in your brain that really aren't, that mm -hmm. you just can't get by drinking a cup of caffeine or, or, or a cup of coffee. Right. Um, but usually by the end of that 20 or 30 minute run, um, after some good prayer and meditation and some visualization, we feel like we kind of have the, 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 the day pretty well planned out. I say we, as if she's part of the decision-making process, but she is. Cause I talked through it with her. <laughs> right. Right. Do so you, you have a mission statement? Um, as a matter of fact, I have, I have Psalm 119, um, one through 16 memorized. And so what, and so the first thing I do actually is while listening to some music, um, go through the prayer. And then after every verse is basically an opportunity to either reflect or to, um, or, or to, or to, or to worship, um, to ask for forgiveness and to make sure that you're, um, to make sure that your heart is aligned with God's heart. That's basically the, 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 the summary of Psalm 119 verses one through 16. So, um, so I'll say that and I'll pray on it and I'll meditate on every single verse. And then by the end of it, um, yeah, I just feel like a beast. I feel really empowered and I feel calm in anything that I was worried about. It's just, it doesn't bother me as much anymore. It's a good, it's a good therapeutic way to start the day. And then, um, everything just kind of fills, fills it, fills in after that. And I go, Oh, okay. Um, I have this meeting at this time. I have, uh, this is when Taylor's going to get her workout in. So I got to plan around that because she's the one on prep and I'm the coach this year. Um, and then. Yeah, about and and then, and then like kind of towards the end of my workout is when um, we have our schedule pretty pretty well figured out because people are always canceling last minute when it comes to phone calls and stuff. And so um, being able to have a clear picture of what we want the day to look like at the start of the day 
um, for me has been very effective at, or, at organizing my time, which is actually a beautiful segue into prior and in, into time prioritization, because right. that's something that, uh, that is something that you've really gotten down because you, because if there's, if, if when I think I'm busy, uh, I just look at you and your lifestyle. And I'm like, man, I got to keep up with this lady. So how do you prioritize your time? <laughs> well, uh, so as you know, I, uh, practiced for 31 years or a little over 31 years. And I uh, was at the office generally by nine, but I, uh, for 15 years, I had an, uh, an hour plus commute to even get there. So that meant that I had to get up at the, you know, always early. And then uh, there's the office that's very close to me. I was there for three years. It's only two stoplights from my house. So, but she started at 720. So we had morning meeting at 7.20, and then we started seeing patients at 10 minutes to 8. So um, I've always been a morning person, even though I'm really not a morning person, you know, but you have to train yourself in order to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm a really good mid-morning and early afternoon person. And it really <laughs> sometimes, it, it just boggles my mind, um, Colt, that parents would entrust their small children to me at nine o'clock in the morning. I have a hand piece in my hand that, that rotates 410, 410,000 revolutions per minute in their mouths. <laughs> so, yeah, I know it, you know, if I would really think about what I was doing, you know, injecting drugs in people's heads, you know, if I would be paralyzed with fear, but you just do it. So, yeah. um, prioritizing my time now is a little bit different because I'm not like having to go to the office anymore, but I really have the best alarm clock in the world. She's got four legs and a cold nose. She wants her <laughs> schedule. So um, I have trained her instead of having to get up at five 30 in the morning, we generally don't get up until six 30 in the morning now. But from the time I get up until the time I go to bed, I have a, just like you, I have a clear vision of how I want my day to go. And the only non-negotiable in there, really non-negotiable, is going to the gym. So I don't Amen. Go, Amen. I don't, don't go consistently at the same time every day. Um, sometimes I don't feel like going at nine o'clock or eleven o'clock. You know, sometimes I feel like going later on in the day. So, but um, I'm always, I'm there when I'm supposed to be there, meaning I'm there sometime during the day. That's yeah. the non-negotiable. And the other non-negotiable, since I have a dog, is to spend time with her. Good, good. That, Right. Everything else is, when I say negotiable, it can all be scheduled somehow. And the other thing that I did, <clears throat> so back in 2018, I was, uh, the American Dental Association had their annual session, their annual meeting was in Honolulu. So I went and I had, uh, oh, I'm sorry, this was 2009. It was in, and uh, no, it was 2018. It was in uh, Honolulu. And I talked it up with my family and my family decided we were going to go on family vacation, but We'd already done Oahu, so I made a command decision because of the volcanoes, and we went to Kauai mm -hmm. and spent eight days there. And I kept getting my phone went, kept going off at 4.30 in the morning, and it was the Dental Society wanting stuff from me. So I just said, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this anymore. So I turned off all the sound notifications on my phone. Oh, speaking of sound notifications, you are on mute. <laughs> no problem there we go sorry about that i was considering editing that out but i was going to leave it in there because that was real that was that was too funny you you had just talked about muting your phone and then you went on mute for like no reasons <laughs> right the phone i do have the, the the ringer on the phone is the only thing that's on mm -hmm. and the reason is is if my family calls i want to be able to yep. be available for them my brother um has sorry, a very May I cut you off and interject something? Sure. Okay, yeah, no, so I do the same thing because the phone has to be on airplane mode to start the day. If you look at your phone, you're in reaction mode and you're toast from the moment you start the day. So right. uh, so, so for me, I, I'm, I'm looking at one thing and one thing only on my phone, and that's a text message from Taylor. If it's a, if it's anybody, if it's anybody that's a client that could be, you know, cause we're training people around the world right now. So we got people in different time zones and our rule and our policy is if you're ever struggling with an eating disorder, 
There's nobody that's been through more shit with their eating disorder and body dysmorphia than I have. Maybe there's a close second, but um, that's, I just feel a responsibility to be available because my coach was always a bit available for me when I was on competition prep. And now like with Taylor too, if somebody ever has a desire to binge eat or has, um, or is having a bad day on this, on the subject of food, um, that's something that I need to be attentive towards that and family emergencies. So if there's, if, if there's anybody that we're training that is that that can't get a hold of me they can get a hold of taylor and taylor will get a hold of me but like other than that i'm so one track minded in the mornings especially i mean no matter what we're doing really but so one track minded to where any phone notification will completely throw my throw me off my game and you know that too it's like you you're 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 in the morning person and 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 and, and on your phone usually a bit quicker than i am and so when i so when i get your check-ins and everything it's always after it's always after I got my workout in first and, 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 and I've spent time with the dog, spent time with both the kids and everything and with my wife and kind of got all those boxes checked, but yeah, no, I just right. wanted to thank you a lot for sharing that because I'm the, I'm the exact same way. hundred percent. Right. I just don't want to feel like I am chained to the phone. I mean, we all have become, you know, we, we feel that having everything instantaneously, uh, makes our lives easier, I think it chains us down. I mean, that's my personal yeah. thought. Uh, my personal opinion is I think it just bogs us down even more. Yeah. So um, like I said, if my family calls, I want to, that's, you know, uh, that's important. They don't call just to shoot the breeze, generally, generally. So um, especially if it's early in the morning or late at night. So, um, you know, and then and anything the else can typically wait. It's usually not an emergency. Exactly. Exactly. And they can leave a message. Other people can leave a message. If, if it's important enough, they'll leave a message. If yep. it's a, uh, you know, a telemarketer, they won't. And I don't want to listen to them anyway. <laughs> so, um, you know, it just wastes my time and it wastes brain space too. So, um, I like to get up and, and get at them, you know, um, I love to have, okay. So I'm, old school i actually write things down yeah yeah, yeah. no there, there's something creative that happens when you put a pen to paper and it's not the yeah. same you type it out i know that you can't really read this but this is a list of things that are, that i want to have a comp that i want to accomplish when my sisters come down to visit in june so yeah i've got two sisters who are coming down one of them is could be a home one of them is a spec home builder the other one does like um repair work and so um they're going to help me with a few things well it's a list of 10 but some of them are very 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 minor you mm -hmm. know list of things that we want to accomplish while they're here so but i like writing things down because it gives me a great sense of accomplishment when i can cross it off my list oh yeah see <laughs> i got i got my planner right here in front of it and, and, it's, right. and it's all written down for the same reason that you just said ingrid when you write it down it's that you're not just writing it on paper but you're writing it in your brain and if you're and if you're on your screen the entire time it's like i mean that's why that's why we that's why we use hard copies of the bible it's because by the time i but by the time i get around to get my inductive study in right before bed it's like i, I spent so much time on this screen i know i could study faster with this screen but it's it helps, it helps you unwind it. Um, and right. If it, it ha have a journal handy next, you always have a journal with you. And when you get business ideas, you write them down because if you don't, then you're going to forget it. <laughs> right. And I also, uh, if you think about it, when you write something down, it becomes real then mm -hmm. it, it's not like you have it. Well, you got a, a running list of things that you, that you need to do that it's in your head. That's not, you know, and, and then because it can slip your mind. But if yeah. you write it down, it's real. And then you have to be, you hold yourself accountable for it. Mm -hmm. And I have learned not to write down too much because when you write too many things down, like I need to accomplish these 30 things in one day, you can't do that. Right. At least I can't do that. It's like, man, I, I, I kind of I got three of these things done in the amount of time it just took to write them all out. <laughs> exactly. And so the thing about it is, is that when I feel that when you have too many things to do, when you overschedule yourself, you're just setting yourself up for failure, not just for that day, but for the next day, the next day, the next day and the next day. So I try to be reasonable and I never lie to myself. I used to, you know, back when I was, a, you know, in my twenties, but I don't do that anymore. 
I am nothing but honest with myself and I'll, I'll look and I'll say, you know, you know that you're not going to get all that stuff done. So yeah. why set yourself up for failure? Why don't you go ahead and put two of those things off for tomorrow? You know, what are the most important things you need to do? So I prioritize my time with what is the most critical thing to do? And then what can we maybe if, if need be put off until tomorrow, because it's not critical. Well, the other thing is glad that there's no glad that I can't see your microphone from over here because it'd probably be on fire and I'd probably have to put it out if that was the case. <laughs> this is well, great. Yeah, I, I just want to throw my entire to-do list at, at, at you right now and be like, okay, great. Like <laughs> what what needs to be done and what can wait until tomorrow? Because this is this right. Is really, really right. Great. So and uh the the great equalizer or what taught me to do that was practicing dentistry. If you think about it, you know, yes, um, I serve the public of Texas and um, but the when it comes right down to it, it's a business also, yeah. just like training people is a business. And so um, I got fast or I got efficient, but very fast because the more procedures you can do in a day the more you're going to get paid. Right. But okay. it's also, but it's also a people business too. And you got to make- Absolutely. Sure so yes. So I had a completely different relationship with my patients. It was a professional relationship, but it was a much different relationship with my actual patients than I did with their parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, no one could ever, no one ever questioned who exactly was in charge. It wasn't the kid and it wasn't the parent, you know? So um, it was just the way that it had to be. You know, if, if you went to school and you had that DDS behind your name, then you could go ahead and chime in and say, well, I saw this on the internet. Well, you may have seen it on the internet, but this is what, these are the options I'm giving you, you know? So uh, yeah. So if I wanted to make money, I needed to get, get more practice and get faster at doing what I was doing. Of course, there's a limit there too. You can only do things so quickly and you never can go ahead and schedule to the minute what you're doing because you're working with a person just like you're working with people. And sometimes it takes longer for the exact same procedure in kid one than it does in kid two. Yeah. yeah. And, and some, you know, uh, my wife and I work from home. And so it's like, the, right. there, there's t- like, we have, it, you know, times where, um, okay, we, we have, we have, we have two toddlers. <laughs> and so it's like, um, hmm, I was going to do a meeting right now and I need to be on a meeting, but I need to tell this person that I'm going to be 15 minutes late because we have an emotional situation that needs to be addressed and that we need to take care of right now. And so absolutely make sure that the and house is happy and everybody's getting along. And then, and, and, and then and and then move on to the next task but if you're booking everything end to end you never have any flexibility you're always edgy and then when do you ever get a chance to take a deep breath like for me it's it's, it's never back-to-back meetings it's all there's always at least 15 minutes in case i'm running late or, or like you said in case like right. what happens if you're if you're hitting a breakthrough moment right at the end of a right at the end of a training session you know it's like taylor's workout took longer yesterday because she was just she she was like I'm feeling I'm fe- I'm feeling a sixth set I'm feeling a seventh set like I feel like I I can push harder and I'm like, um okay let's go let's go ahead and, do that. and so so she worked out a bit longer she was like is that okay am I pushing too hard and I was like you know your 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 joints are gonna hurt for another couple of days and you're probably just gonna need a couple of days to recover but I think this is this is a net win for you babe heck yeah let's go let's go ahead and do it and exactly exactly and you don't have that kind of flexibility right and so. Uh, not having to go to a job right now because I'm not working from home. I'm thinking, I'm considering a YouTube channel on uh, nutrition, fitness, and cooking, healthy cooking, especially for um, truckers. And I know that that sounds weird, but my brother, who is the retired judge. It doesn't sound he, weird because the, the riches are in the niches. <laughs> yeah, so not he... He works for J.B. Hunt right now because the benefits are just outstanding. And um, he said, you know, Ingrid, I see he sent me these pictures. He goes, these are truckers. And I looked at them. I mean, 400 pounds. 
And what do these people do? They sit in a truck all day long, 12 to 14 hours. They can only um, be on duty for 14 hours a day. And what do they do? They eat junk. They don't sit there like I do on, on the weekends and I food prep everything. Everything that I'm going to eat for the week, well, except for fresh vegetables, is prepped. It's in my refrigerator. The only thing I have to do is open up the container and weigh it out Yeah, and heat it up. That's all I have to do. So my dinners are, if I'm not having to make a salad, if I make a salad, it's going to take me 20 minutes. If I don't make a salad, it takes me about 12. And uh, my food is ready. You know, I, 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 I love what you're saying. This, 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 this is awesome. Uh, were you doing this? Were, are, are you doing this because you're on a bodybuilding prep or was this something that you have been doing because it's part of your lifestyle and you're a busy person and you just don't have time to cook five meals a day? Right. So um, I learned early on, you know, I was married for a while. I've been divorced now for uh, 19 years. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I got divorced, I said, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to spend money going out to eat because I want to know what's going in my body. And especially after I, uh, my brother shamed me into, into joining a gym when I was 53, I said, you know, I want to know what my, I want to eat nutrient dense foods. So um, do I still get a, a fast food hamburger every now and again? Yes. <laughs> I love Whataburger. Hey man. But, um, yeah. Oh, no, what a burger is great. When, when, I, when I was in Dallas and Houston, I think I hit up that place, uh, I don't know, at least three or four times. Um, always with the salads, of course, because I'm, I was, I was, of I was course, time, but so. yeah, but, um, but, but those, so those I are, just that, decided that's a good, that's a good joint, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and but working in a rather stressful, you know, job, working with kids is. It's more stressful for them than it is for me. Actually, what was stressful for me was dealing with their parents. But um, working in a relatively stressful job, and then I was working in a practice for 15 years, and um, I loved it there. But I finally had to give it up, and the reason is this. I was driving home one day, and I noticed that it was going to take me two and a half hours to get home. And I just went, you know what? These are two and a half hours. I'm never going to get back again in my life. So um, I regretfully um, quit that position because I didn't want to spend three and a half hours a day in the car. So um, anyway, uh, yes, I've been food prepping for about 20 years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, and I do everything on the weekends because it's convenient for me. And I never have to do like everything. Like I've got to do all of the protein and all, or, you know, all the roasting of the vegetables or anything like that. It's kind of like a cyclic thing, you know, like, oh yeah, I got to make some fish or, oh yeah, I got to do chicken or, oh yeah, I've got to do meatloaf or whatever I'm going to have or meatballs or, or um, <clears throat> I'm going to do spaghetti sauce, whatever. So uh, yeah, but I, I actually like to cook. So, um, my favorite is baking. Oh my yeah. God. I, I, I was, I was going to say you're, you're very good from what I understand with, with using just like a handful of ingredients, which is Absolutely. great. Because, like, so, in, like, any, any whole food nutrient based diet, I mean, it should, should be, uh, it, 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 it should, it should have very few ingredients. And if there's a laundry list of them on the back of whatever you're buying at the store, then, uh, it's probably not something you should put in your body. So, but, exactly, so exactly. You to share a little I can't bit about even that? think of the, any processed foods that I buy right now. I, I can't think of any. Well, except, no, that's a lie. The bread. You can make Ezekiel bread, but it's so hard to find the ingredients for that. They're almost, a couple of them are like special order stuff. And I'm not going to do that. So yeah. um, I buy the sprouted bread at the, at the grocery store, but you know, they give you the list of ingredients and there's hardly in Ezekiel, there are no preservatives whatsoever in there. That's mm -hmm. why they're in the freezer section. So, um, but everything else that I purchase is either in the produce department. Okay. My one huge vice is coffee. I drink a lot of coffee <laughs> and, um, the meat department and where else do I go? Oh yeah. The household stuff, you know, like toilet paper and stuff like uh, laundry detergent. <laughs> but, um, I tell you what, 
Kroger, which is where I shop, they know exactly what I buy because they give me coupons for everything that I buy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, all of my food is from scratch. You know, if I'm going to make spaghetti sauce, I have the tomatoes, the onions, the, you know, peppers, the mushrooms sitting out on my counter. And um, there's nothing prepared that goes in there. Well, a tomato paste, but that's just concentrated to, you know, tomatoes. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Awesome. It's not that difficult, you know. I just, I find it, it, it baffles me that people say, I don't have time for this, or I don't know how to do this. Well, number one, they're cookbooks. Number two, there's the internet. And number three, instead of sitting playing a video game or watching television, actually what I do is I watch, or I don't watch, but I listen to Star Trek reruns when I'm cooking. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Any of the, any of the Star Treks. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's what I do when I'm cooking. That's and then when I'm waiting for something, you know, I walk around my kitchen and get steps that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, um We've had we've had days where because we used to own a meal prep company, um, and it was it was it was all paleo, and so like it was you know this 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 stuff would um it didn't have a very long shelf life if you're paleo right because it's right, right. And steak and stuff and 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 um just dis and disposable meal prep containers, but anyway we that that was that was kind of our Sunday hustle because it's like okay we're we're already prepping my meals for the week anyway like why don't we just prep like a million of them and then we can sell them so that's what we were doing for. Uh, about a year and then it was it was just a nightmare we're just, we're just not meant to be in the food industry it's right uh, right you know, other, other than writing and teaching writing work meal plans and teaching people how to do it but like as but as far as um having our hands on the food uh there's there's a lot of liability around that and it just wasn't wasn't worth the time we got burnt out pretty quick doing it too but um those but th those Sundays, our pastor would always give us a hard time because we wouldn't stay around and drink coffee with everybody because it was like mass production is what he called it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so when we were when we were doing that, um, yeah, some some of my Sunday workouts was was just basically doing a set of 50 bodyweight squats and then go back to meal prepping, then another set of bodyweight 50 squats. And then, yeah, by the end of the day, got all my squats in, right. <laughs> got, got a halfway decent leg workout. <laughs> I um. Earlier in, in this um, podcast, you mentioned that you take a cold walk with the dog mm -hmm. in the mornings. And um, so for me, when I'm on the treadmill or on the uh, stair climber, um, I first of all, I don't have um, earbuds and I don't wear earphones either. I wear nothing. Mm -hmm. I have to listen to the screeching you know, noise that's, that they passes from music these days in the gym anyway thankfully it's not at a very high volume and i've learned to tune all of that out i've pretty um got blinders on almost you know i'm very focused on what i need to do i have some acquaintances from the gym but none of them are like friends or anything like that because i know when i go to the gym i'm there for business oh yeah so i use that time you know the 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes that i'm on any of that equipment and that's when I um, have, all, you know, I just free float, free form. My mind is kind of like free of everything. And I get lots of good ideas then. And that's when I kind of like um, say or prepare for the next day. I'm like, okay, these are the things that I have to do for tomorrow. What's the most important? What's the yeah. second most important? You're, yeah. you're, always, you're always in a peak state of mind right after a workout, huh? Oh, my God. Yes. It's like I am just it's like even though my, oh today my legs are killing me you know my even my um glutes were hurting for some odd reason but you know my hamstrings my calves my my quads <laughs> oh my gosh so anyway um uh even though it, i was hurting i was feeling so accomplished you know like oh my god i really did something today and mm -hmm. uh ah uh, it was just the best feeling but I can sometimes actually feel the lactic acid build up in my muscles. Is that weird? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, especially well, towards I... the, especially towards the end of a particularly hard uh, leg day. Some some of the some of the most brutal leg sessions that I've ever had. My I can feel my legs starting to get sore that exact same night, and then that's probably a good indication of yeah, they're probably going to be sore for another five or six days after that. Oh God, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the first time I went ahead in this this phase two workout, the first time I did the leg workout, I had a very hard time going up and down the stairs mm-hmm. for not just the next day, but for several days. <laughs> so um, to me, when that happens, that just indicates to me that I worked real hard and I did what I was supposed to do. I tore those muscles up and now it's time to repair them. Exactly. And the best part is, is, is your, is your joints are fine. Hard on the muscles, easy on the joints, hard on the muscles, easy on the joints. Right. Right. I, um, like I said, I don't want to, I want to test my limits, but I don't want to break my limits. How about that? Mm, that's, that's a good um, way of wording it. Right. Uh, I don't want to go into the hospital, you know, because I tore my, my brother actually tore his biceps off of his humerus and had to have them reatta- have it reattached. I don't want that to happen. Wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he's had to have both of his shoulders rebuilt and thank God his best friend is an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, and then, you know, because I've been heaving all this furniture around the house, I've got these odd bruises all over, all up and down my legs right now. And I'm like, I, I don't know where I got those. <laughs> I think part of some of them are from the a leg extension machine, though, because, you know, when I'm pushing, I actually. Uh, yeah, the leg, our, our leg extension that we have, too, is super old school because we because we don't go to the gym, for, or at least I don't go to the gym very often. I most most of my training, as you know, is here. But right. uh, the, the old school one is so tough on the shins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so those are my views on mindset, time management. And, you know, and if any of the listeners have any specific questions on like recipes or something like that? I'll yeah, yeah. I was, gonna, I, was, I was just going to ask you, where's where's the best place that everybody can find you? Um, on Instagram at Jim underscore Diva One. Awesome. I'm going to link. That's that my too. main account. Yeah. Yeah, y'all, y'all need to follow Ingrid because she's this. This is going to be her first competition for her first uh, bodybuilding competition that she's ever done. So that'll be on um, April. Let me check the dates again real quick. I just had it pulled up. I believe it's April. Yeah, 28th and 30th in uh, 2023. And that is going to be in Bellevue, Washington. So super amped about that. You already look absolutely amazing. And yeah, we don't need, we don't need to do a whole lot of adjusting or cutting back on your macros or increasing cardio or doing anything crazy right now. Your conditioning is totally on point muscularity is there and uh, bikini i think is just gonna be you know so- sorry for the bad dad joke or whatever but for lack of a better term it'll be it'll be it'll be a uh, it'll be a walk in the park <laughs> hey everyone coach taylor milton here welcome to skull bells tv the official youtube channel of supersetyourlife.com where you're going to discover a weekly upload of quick and easy to follow workout tutorials featuring coach colt myself or one of our athletes to keep your workouts fun practical and effective our family's latest keto carnivore recipes that fuel Colts competitions and keep myself and our kiddos strong and healthy video uploads of the supersetyourlife.com podcast. Now over a hundred episodes, your weekly dose of entertainment, education, and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym and much more. Last thing before we get into the video, we're asking a big favor from you. This has been working beautifully. So if you would please Think of someone you care about that would benefit from this video, go ahead and smash that like button, click the share button and text this video to them. That would mean the world to us. And while you're at it, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss more exciting content from School Bells TV because our team has lots of meat and lots of muscle coming your way and I promise you won't want to miss it. When you hit the subscribe button, you'll see a bell icon pop up. You want to click that too so you're notified every time we release a new video. Thank you so much for the support. It means the world to us. Every like, share, and subscription helps our channel grow and supports our family's hard work. So thank you so much for doing your part too. That's all we ask. God bless you and please enjoy this video. One more question, if I if I may. I completely sure. respect your time and, and, and thank, thank you for managing your time so well to squeeze us into your schedule today that's super flattering so thank you for that <laughs> uh but your your puppy dog so uh you and i both have 
a companion that trains with us that we kind of check in with every day. Uh, as you know, Zion, we've trained to be the emotional, uh, uh, <laughs> emotional support animal for, for our house. And, uh, that could be, that could be for me. It could be for our son. That's, you know, whoever's having a bad day, Australian shepherds are a great bead that really kind of sniff that out and, um, can just help you relax when you need to. So, uh, I'm wondering, do you have any sort of like practices or like specific things that you do with your dog to reduce stress and, uh, what's that look like? Yes. So, um, as you, my dog is an Italian greyhound. Mm-hmm. She is going to be 12 years old in May. And I've had her, I adopted her when she was five months old. When she came to me, she had a lot of habits that I didn't, that were unacceptable. She okay. had been kept in a garage. So she felt that it was okay to do her business on the patio. It, that was not. So what we had, to, I had um, another, I had, Two other dogs at the time, boys. Uh, Reggae was 13. Reggae? That's a hell of a dog name. I'm Reggae. sorry. Uh, he like was it. the dog <laughs> love of my life. And um, he also we've been was, listening to a lot of reggae lately, too. So that's right. really cool. I like that. <laughs> so Reggae was about was 12, and Jazzy was about five. And Jazzy was a biggie. He was weighed seven, he was supposed to weigh about 17 pounds. But he weighed more than that. So I had um, reggae was on senior formula food and Jazzy was on weight management and Diva was on um, puppy food. So I had to feed him in three different places. Oh, my gosh. But the boys really helped me, you know, like with the house training and all that with her. But as she's Diva is not the most calm of dogs. Italian greyhounds just aren't. Yeah, so, um, and, and, and the name kind of made me speculate she probably wasn't very calm either. <laughs> no, no. So, but as she's gotten like since in the last year, uh, she has really slowed down quite a bit. And she, the only thing she wants to do is she wants to be with me all the time. So when I'm here at the house, she needs to like, she's a sight hound also. So she needs to have me in her vision in order for her to be happy. And actually I kind of like that. I like, first of all, I like knowing where she is. Yeah. And number two, I like having my little companion with me. I talk to her like honest to God Cole, I really feel that one day she's going to say, Hey, Ingrid, how's it going? <laughs> I mean, intrinsically, I, I know that she isn't, but I can keep hoping for it, you know. So this, um, might, this might be kind of personal, but but do you feel like a little more sure of yourself after you talk to after you talk to your dog? Because like you you speak nothing but positivity, and so I'm sure that like oh yeah, I mean, I will go ahead and you know there is no one else, no no other human in my house, so she's really the only other mammal in my house. I got plants, but but n- no other animals. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I will talk things out with her. I'll say, you know, this is what's been going on. I think it's this, maybe it could be this. And it really kind of helps me order my thoughts. It's almost like verbal journaling. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is. And, and, but it's, but there's a dialogue too, though, because she's listening. She's listening because you know, it looks like, Mm -hmm. Right. So she's looking at me like she's understanding every single word I'm saying. And like I said, intellectually, I know that's not happening because, you know, dogs only really understand one or two syllables. And that's how come I'm glad that you gave your dog a two syllable name, because if it'd be more than two syllables, she only understands the first two. Wow. Yeah. So or she only can process the first two. So, um, yeah, she just keeps looking at me or she'll be, I'll be sitting on the sofa and she's sitting right right now. She's in her little bed, which is underneath the sofa, mm-hmm. but um, I'm sorry, underneath the cocktail table. Uh, but she'll sit next to me and she'll just be looking at me, you know, like she's understanding every single word. So I think that well, and they're catching all the nonverbals too. Like exactly, your, your, your dog exactly, wants to you make know, sure that you're doing okay. Exactly. So I really, uh, I was kind of like, did not want to get a dog. I was married, had been married for about three years, three and a half years. Yeah. And my husband kept wanting a dog and I kept on, you know, like not wanting a dog. And by that time we were living in this house and, um, this is a huge house and we have, 
not a huge backyard, but it's an adequate backyard. And then we filled it with the pool. So there's even less backyard now, but it's perfect for a small, you know, for small dogs. Yeah. And so um, he finally, we, he had a, I think a gift card to a bookstore and this is back in the nineties, you know, 98. So you actually had to go to the bookstore. Internet was not like it is today. And so he parked over by Sears and I knew why he did it because the family pet center was right at that door. So we walked in and I knew that he was going to go into that pet store. So I went, walked into the pet store with him and they had this wall of dogs and there was the, uh, there were, you know, all sorts of dogs. There was a Jack Russell Terrier, but there was a dog underneath the Jack Russell Terrier. And so I asked the clerk, what kind of dog is that? And she goes, oh, she's an Italian Greyhound. You want to meet her? And I went, yeah, sure. And so we went to one of those get to meet you rooms. And what? And I had a black sweater on. This was November. And what impressed me was the dog was kind of like a mushroom. She had like the top of the mushroom and the bottom of the mushroom. Those were her colors. I found out later she was blue and white. And when I picked her up, she laid her head right on my neck. And when I gave her back to the clerk, there was no hair on my sweater. I went, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, we went to the bookstore and I looked at dogs, you know, I found a book on dogs and looked at Italian greyhounds. And it says that they're very cat-like, but their most distinguishing characteristic is even when they're wet, they don't smell like a dog. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, $685 later, the dog comes home with me. And I had no idea what to do because I'd never had a dog before. So um, I took her to um, PetSmart, you know, for dog training classes. And um, I discovered that I loved, I loved a dog. And so uh, six weeks later, we got her a dog because she had some behaviors that the vet said, hmm, sounds to me like she's suffering from separation anxiety. And so I thought about that for a couple of minutes. And I said, are you telling me that my dog needs a pet? She said, I think that having a second dog is going to help her overcome these difficulties. And I went, wow, well, I'll leave then. So um, the words that came out of my mouth were not, let's look at upright freezers. The words that came out of my mouth to my husband were, let's see if they have another Italian greyhound. <laughs> so we went to Family Pet Center and um, sure enough, they had two. They were litter mates. And I got the little brown dog and that was reggae. And um, then when they were about. So did that help with the separation anxiety though? Oh my God. She was like a different dog. Wow. It was, it was the, it was like night and day because if she would have kept up this behavior, I was at my wits end. I would come home from work and, you know, and I was working five and six days a week at that time. And there was just mess everywhere in that laundry room. And before you say laundry room, the room is eight by 10 with two windows. It is like paradise for the dogs. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. Uh, so we got reggae and she is the one, oh my God. So, you know, little reggae was a male and Aria, my first dog, a female. That's and, a cool, that, that's not from Aragon by chance, is it? No, no. Oh, okay. Aria is is Italian for song. My ex is was right. a music teacher, and um, so we had Aria, reggae, jazz, uh, Geo, and now diva. So it's all uh, Geo after Giovanni Verde. So when I got that dog, he was uh, a rescue. Jazz was a rescue. Also, Jazz didn't have a name. So I'm the one who got to name him. But Gio was actually Joey. And when I called Joey and Jazzy, they got confused. Mm -hmm. So I looked at, at, at the dog and I said, what can I call you? That's kind of sounds like your name, but isn't. So I looked at him. I said, your name is now Gio. So yeah. um, that sound, it was different enough from Jazz. So mm -hmm. um, it's all like words for music right you know names for music i i, I noticed the trend i love it um right and, right and thanks for so, uh i, I, I didn't I, know I about the, sorry go ahead i didn't know about rescue until a patient's mom i had a picture of the dogs um on the shelf in my uh, operatory and she goes oh those are italian greyhounds and i looked at her and i said yeah she goes my friend fosters them and i said foster she goes, yeah, for the rescue organization. I said, there's a rescue for these dogs? She goes, yeah, there's one for every breed. And so um, I got involved with uh, Italian Greyhound Rescue of South Texas. And I got, uh, 
I fostered quite a few dogs and uh, Jazz was a foster, but I did not foster him. But Gio was, I fostered him and nobody wanted him because he acted like an idiot. He would hide under the Sago Palm. You couldn't find him. So finally, after almost a year, I adopted him. And I had three boys because Aria by that time had died. But yes, I have decided that those dogs are integral to my life. Yeah. Yeah. I will I I I will say oh, Zion's um, a member of our family. She she goes right. everywhere we go and and we would never right. we would never think about leaving her alone cuz that separation anxiety for her is really really real. We've been throwing around the idea of getting a second dog for that exact same reason that you described. Right. Right. I um is it a little more work for you? Yes. But I feel that you know, Diva is a single dog right now, but she was one of three, and then she was one of two. Um, Jazzy died in 200, 2014. He had cancer. Mm-hmm. So, um, but and now she's a single dog. She does get along with well with other animals. She doesn't really like other people unless you ignore her, and then she wants to be your friend. So um, I've learned this, you know, painfully. But uh, yeah, I will. Unless I cannot take care of them, I will never be without a dog. Mm-hmm. If you're, because if, if I need that comfort that they provide. Yeah. Are there days where you need it more and they seem to pick up on it and they're more attentive to it? Oh, absolutely. When I was sick with a pneumonia, I was really sick. And mm-hmm. so she did not leave my side. She did not leave my side. Yeah, like no, every one of your check-ins that she was, she was like right there when you, when, when we were video chatting back and forth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, um, she, as a matter of fact, when I would go to the restroom, she would walk in there with me. You know, when I w- went to the kitchen, she went to the kitchen. Yeah. So, um, now that she's a little old lady dog, I feel that every time I go to the bathroom, she needs to go to the bathroom too. She's, um, so I'm on zero medications, which mm. I, that's my goal in life is to never have to take a daily medication. Yeah. My dog is on four. Mm. She's a little old lady dog. You know, she's going to be 12 real yeah, soon. Z- Zion's on one for something bladder related to is, is just, yeah. it, it was, it was our last result. We did everything else we could possibly think of. Right. But like, you know what? Uh, her quality of life really requires that we do this. And so we did. Correct. It and I don't, I don't mind doing this at all. You know, I don't see so she takes uh one, half a pill in the morning and then she takes either three or four in the evenings and i just i have figured out how to give her the medication so it's not traumatizing to either of us oh yeah because they hate taking it getting zion to take oh, this stuff I is know. A oh my like, god you got to watch taylor do it sometimes too she feeds she feeds her cottage cheese at the because this is what this uh taylor is on top of the medications right so she um when when she when she feeds her it's at specific times so that you get the first bite in and then you have to chase it with the second bite right away so that they're excited about the second bite and don't have time to stop and think about spitting out their medication. And she, correct, showed, correct. she showed me this a couple of days ago and I was like, this is how you've been giving her medications this whole time. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, that's brilliant. That's freaking smart. Right. So <laughs> that's cool. I decided that um, I sat there and thought about it and I said, well, no, she she licks the the cream cheese. You know, she licks the cream cheese and spits the pill out. And then I said, I thought about it and I said, hmm, so I get regular old, you know, like Oscar Mayer lunch meat and rip off a little piece and wrap the pills up in there. I don't even think she bites it. Well, she only has three teeth now. So um, she just swallows them, swallows everything. And it's painless for me. And she feels she's getting a treat. Yeah. It's a win-win. That, that does sound win-win. like win-win. Love it. Uh, thanks yeah. for Thanks for thanks for mentioning that book too. By the way, um, I, I, was, I was just going to say that this one here, the the complete guide to Australian shepherds for anyone listening, um, it's uh, it's it's by by Kirsten Tardif. It's uh, it's 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 really really good. And I think my biggest takeaway there is how different they are in responding to um, it uh, co- commands than, than than other dogs. It's one thing I've noticed is that mm-hmm. she's. It's all, it's almost like if you uh, like 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 when what you were describing with the one or two word commands like that's where we started based off of you know because that's how you train any dog but um we we've been getting such such better traction with just 
with, with, with just explaining to her what to do. And then she can kind of figure it out based on nonverbal cues and everything, what we're asking. So I'll be like, here, mm-hmm. like, uh, jump up on this chair and pat my hand down so that she kind of has some more clues that that's what I'm asking her to do. Um, but yeah, I'm, I guess we're, we're not, we're not dog training experts, but Zion's someone that we kind of have figured out, <laughs> but it's a relationship. Right. It's just like any relationship, you know, it, it's, it's like the, the relationship, just, just like you were talking about earlier, like you have relationships with, with, with people at that you, that you work with that are, um, that they're, they're, they're just, they're just not as, they're just not as personal. And, and every, every relationship that you have, you have to treat a little bit differently. It's the same thing with a dog. It's a dialogue, especially, especially, Absolutely. The, especially Absolutely. the relationships that we have with our dogs. Right. Well, Colt, it was a lot of fun. I've never done a podcast before. Well, now so, you have, um, we can check that off your bucket list. We're checking the bikini so competition off your bucket list. I mean, look at all this. I <laughs> check, know. Check, and, uh, uh, leg pressing 405. Pff, we could just keep going with this. <laughs> all right. Thanks yeah. so much for having me as your guest today. I'm hoping that. Oh, thank that, you. I'm, I'm, fl- I'm flattered that, that, you, yeah. that, that you, that you, that you were um, wanting to do it. So, yeah. I'm hoping that your listeners get some information that is useful out of it. How about that? We we covered a lot of topics. There's definitely stuff that people can relate to in there. Um, Yeah. Once, once again, your Instagram is uh, it's going to be in the show notes. And so you definitely, if you're listening, you need to make sure that you follow Ingrid and see all the awesome stuff that she's going to accomplish this year. Um, Again, show date is April 28th through 30th. And that's going to be, um, it's, it's going to I'll, I'll put a link to the to the uh, show description in the bottom. We're going to have a couple athletes there. Carly's going to be there and uh, Jared, a couple other guys. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's see what this else. It's an NPC event, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know that they don't have a classification for me. What's what's that? I have to compete in 45 plus and 55 plus. That's all they have. They don't got me. Oh my! <laughs> so it kind of it kind of uh, makes me a little nervous that I may be having to compete against women that are twenty years younger than I am. Oh my gosh! You'll be you'll be you'll be you'll be absolutely fine. Like especially for you, you, you got to remember that you have more stage experience than most of the people up there anyway, and so that's gonna Maybe. that's gonna really play in your favorite yeah no everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses coming into this show and as long as you have the mindset of i'm gonna be in the best shape of my life and i'm gonna give it everything that i have and if somebody else beats me it's just because they're a better athlete it's not because they outworked me because there is no one on the face of this earth that is gonna outwork you coming into this show that's true.